This is going to be a bit of a different episode of the podcast, I think, because I have a few things that I wanted to talk about and that, that might be broken up into, into two different podcast episodes, but I wanted to talk about boundaries and being someone that classifies yourself as an empath and how your boundaries can really be a hard thing for you to learn and can like navigate in your relationships, both platonic and romantic. Growing up, I was raised by my my grandmother because my mom wasn't really in the picture. She was in and out um, because she she was was on drugs back then. My my old my older sister was about eight or nine years older than me. Begged my grandmother to go to the hospital and get me, so she could help raise me. When she got there, there was a family there ready to adopt me, and my grandmother begged them not to. And that was like my origin story. And as a result, my grandmother was, who's obviously already older, having raised her own two kids. And my sister, my older sister, she, you know, she worked two jobs and provided for me and my sister. And she didn't always do, you know, what we think is the best job, but she did what she could with what she had. I'm just going to leave it at that. But that doesn't take away from the fact that she's a narcissist. <laughs> Because of her trauma and the way that things were when she was younger, the things that she hasn't really healed from, they spilled on to us. I had to, and I, I, my mom wasn't, she wasn't always on drugs. She was clean some of the time. She did raise me and my sister for a few years. We lived with her when I was, I think, we lived with my grandmother until I was in... I think first grade and then during my second grade year we moved to a different state and lived with my mom there because and I didn't know at the time that she was on the run from the law you know <laughs> I was back and forth between my grandmother who lived with our my uncle at the time and his family between their place and my mom and sister my mom's girlfriend who I didn't understand was her girlfriend at the time because everybody kept things from me being young um they said I wouldn't understand. And we, oh wow, I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of now reflecting on why I don't feel safe and secure a lot of the time when I get triggered. And I've been going through a lot of stuff the last few months and specifically like the last two months has been, well, even just the last, this last month in January, it's been a lot of not feeling safe, not feeling secure. And I've, I've now been working on that and I've been getting better at that and trying to get out of survival mode for different reasons. But I, it just hit me a lot of that stuff stemmed from childhood my need to feel safe and secure it's because when I lived with my mom I didn't feel that because we were literally house hopping we were living with family friends of the of their of hers of theirs sleeping on the couch sleeping on the floor sharing beds with people I didn't know like kids you know um and I I've never really reflected on that thought about that like that um, 
It's like, sorry, it just, just kind of hit me. And my mom did the best that she could. I, I acknowledge that. And after that, so I in third grade, I was with my mom. And then in fourth grade, I went back with my grandmother to um because we moved back to Virginia. And even then, we didn't have a, like a steady, like my grandmother went with her sister because she was also moving back to Virginia. She lived with her sister at the time. And me and my older sister stayed with a family friend who actually got me the better job that I have right now. <laughs> and that's kind of full circle. Um, so that, that my childhood was a lot of bopping around. And I'm sorry, I'm just like, I'd never thought about it like that. I, I always assumed, well, I previously assumed that my issues with feeling safe and secure and hypervigilance came from abandonment issues. And it definitely comes from that, but I, I, I'm just really just now <laughs> realizing how much of that is rooted in childhood stuff of bouncing from place to place, sleeping on people's floors, sharing beds with their kids, and like I, this is TMI, but I had bedwetting issues when I was in like like nine and ten. And I remember just talking to my sister about that, like, months ago. It wasn't something I've ever really, again, reflected on. I guess I, I didn't reflect on this part of my childhood as much. And obviously, like, when, you, when you're wedding the bed at that age, there's trauma stuff going on. Like, you're scared. And I guess I just didn't know at the time. And, yeah, I, 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 something kind of random. I just remember it. Like I had to lie when I was that when I was in third grade about where we lived because it wasn't in the school district for where we said our address was because we had previously moved to somewhere, and it was it was this whole thing because I my teacher was like where do you live because I I forgot what happened but I think my report card didn't get sent or I don't know something silly they were just like where where do you live fairly sternly and I. I didn't want to disappoint them. I didn't want to lie. So I told them the truth. And when I went home and told my mom and my sister and my mom's girlfriend, it was, they were like really upset and disappointed. And it was a little tangent. I guess it didn't really mean anything. But that was, that was my childhood. Once we got back to Virginia, things settled and my grandmother found like us housing and stuff. And it, it was, things definitely evened out. But it was just obvious that my grandmother maybe wasn't the best to handle raising me not that she did a bad job by any means a lot of people compliment me because they can tell that my grandmother raised me I'm very grateful for that but reflecting on the things that I've been going through I see that it has damaged me in a lot of ways those are things that I'm working on healing and still uncovering but I mean there's no use in not talking about it or hiding it (laughs) Especially if it could help someone or make someone feel seen, you know. And I just want to... My childhood wasn't, like, particularly bad or anything. It's just the nature of what, I guess, my family situation was. So, yeah, that, that was my childhood. My mom wasn't really around. And once high school hit, my sister came back from Georgia. And my mom had was already in jail because she was caught from running from the law. And she was in and out of jail a few times. And then she got clean for about 10 years, and then she fell um, down back down the rabbit hole. And it's been like that for about, well, I guess, going on four or five years. Um, and that's been hard. I think 
harder for my sister because she saw it happen when she was younger and understood what was happening. I didn't understand why she was in and out of our lives at that age before we like fully live with her and stuff. For me, it was, it's been hard because I'm, it was just a lot of realizing that I, A, you definitely do have abandonment issues. <laughs> I know my mom tried her best with a lot of things. She did the best with what she had available to her. There's an excused behavior that um, still takes place and things like that, but you got to give people some credit that they are trying in some capacity with what they have and just got to kind of let it go at some point. But So we're talking about boundaries. <laughs> I keep getting distracted. We're talking about boundaries because I didn't have, I guess, the typical upbringing. My grandmother was already really tired by the time she was raising me and pretend- you know, had a short fuse and differences on a lot of things. To this day, I don't know, I just had to, like anybody that labels himself an empath, you, maybe you don't know, but a lot of people I think are coming to realize that if you're empathic, something things happened in your childhood most likely that made you that way because some things happened where someone or something in your environment made you feel on edge. It made you feel like you have to tune to your environment. I said this stuff about my mom because I know that my grandmother, she can be a lot of things, but a lot of this boils down to my, those that year with my mom, I think, because it was really formative more than I'm realizing it, that I wasn't safe. I didn't feel safe, and I never said anything. I just had to like, you know, make sure because make sure I was safe. There were, f- there were a few things like I think I've talked a little bit about my eating stuff on the channel. Maybe that was one of the podcast episodes that I ever uploaded. I don't know, but um, I've had, I have an eating, I have disordered eating and I'm, that's something I've been working on with, with my therapist and, you know, working on myself. Um, one of the things that we figured out from that for me was that year that I lived with my mom I just she made chicken like fried chicken and it was really really good she told me not to eat it more because you know there were a lot of us and there were at least like six of us I think five or six of us in the in the apartment I guess I just ate more than my share and she I can't really remember if she yelled at me or anything but she gave me this out like I was grounded and she gave me the silent treatment I think I was grounded probably but she gave me the silent treatment and I vividly remember like all of us dropping her off at her job at the time was trying to say bye to her I'd said bye to her a few times she didn't answer so I got out of the car and watched her walk away and I kept calling out to her and she didn't answer that was one of the things that like formed some of the eating problems that I have so that that was just one of the an example of a time where I didn't feel safe I guess repressed it and just contributing to the empath thing of having to tune, having to go the extra mile to tune to your surroundings because you don't know when someone or something is going to make, is going to like switch up on you. So you have to see if you, you have to see if they're okay to see if you're okay. As someone that's been conscious of this the last like four or five months and like trying to really work on it, I've gotten better at it. I I left a job for multiple reasons, uh, one of my previous jobs for multiple reasons, but one of the reasons was I kept getting super triggered at work, and then 
I realized that the, you know, the mommy issues that I have, I was like attributing to one of the managers there. It was just, it was super triggering. And especially once I figured out what was happening, why, like, and it wasn't just with her, it was like a few other people, but yeah, it was a high stressful situation. (laughs) I definitely grew with that job and I learned a lot about myself and stuff so that I wouldn't take it back for anything. I think one of the things that prompted me to talk about this is how being an empath has, and my lack of boundaries around it, has affected my relationships. And I I haven't really dated anybody seriously ever. The only relationships I've ever had were in high school, and the longest one lasted maybe a week. And that you know goes a lot some other stuff as well. <laughs> like me realizing I was into girls and then realizing the last few months, oh, you're not just only into girls, you're a lesbian. So for me, it, a lot of my growing, I think I've said this before, a lot of my growing pains really come through my friendships and they end up being really intimate friendships and not like, um, like not like sexual or anything, <laughs> but just like emotionally intimate, intellectually intimate. And that's how I communicate. That's how I am naturally. What come with that comes the issues of boundaries because you could easily overplay your part with people or not pick up on people needing space. And especially if you're an empath, you need to check in with people to see how they're doing so you can see how you're doing. Mix that in with having abandonment issues, then you get me. <laughs> someone that tries to regularly gauge the situation to see how the other person is in our relationship but also afraid that they're not going to afraid that they're going to leave but also afraid that they're going to stay so you like kind of want to push them away I had like a bit of a meltdown yesterday about that I have a really good friend I feel like I'm constantly overstepping my boundaries with them. And it's really hard because I feel like I have pretty decent communication. But I feel like when I break... (sighs) I feel like when I break... I feel like when I bring my issues up with within our, our friendship... I think I just, I say too much and then I, because I'm trying not to get hurt, I make light of things that really aren't funny sometimes or say it in a way that I think is supposed to be cute. So it feels light, lighthearted. It feels like an issue um, that I always end up hurting them when I bring up these things. And so I don't know how to talk to them about it. And I mean... It's hard because this is a friend that I, uh, it's been triggered a few times, my abandonment issues. And a lot of it has been directly within our friendship. And some of it has not been. And it's, I think the stuff outside of them has to do with other things that have, like the three to four um, abrupt, like, endings to friendships that I had the last in in 2021 that had nothing to do with them well one of them actually did they were my support through that and um I think because I'm scared I'm always scared 
lose either. I think because I'm always scared of losing them, I don't know how to... I've worked so hard on boundaries, my boundaries with them, so I so I can have a healthier connection to them. I, I just don't know how to go about it and how to like vocalize that. Because we keep having the same conversations in some form every six months. Because this is something that I'm going through, and I know that they tell me they're not going to leave, and I believe them. But when you get triggered... That's not what you're thinking about. You're thinking about how can I push this person away? They should just leave already. We should, I should just block them or something so I don't get hurt, so they don't get hurt. And I I just don't know how I'm supposed to manage this because it really gets in the way. I'm now laying down. Hopefully that'll stop some of the crying. (laughs) I don't even know if this episode will be audible because of the amount of crying I've done. (laughs) I have hope that with continued therapy, and I, I did have to take a break the past month because of financials. My financial situation was not great, and I'm getting out of that slowly. Um... But when I pick therapy back up, that's definitely one of the things that I want to talk about because I I don't like constantly feeling like I'm overwhelming someone that I care about because I know a lot of that's just in my head. But I I think there, there are coping mechanisms that I just haven't found yet that we have, my therapist and I haven't discussed yet. And I think that'll alleviate a lot of the stress and fight or flight that I get around around uh, this friendship and it's not it's not a bad friendship by any means like they're they're great and I love them so much it's just a little harder sometimes because um, feelings were involved and there is a working relationship um, dynamic so how do you get over somebody like you you never dated and is one of your best friends but you have abandonment issues with someone that you work with so like their opinion matters to you I don't I don't know I don't I don't know I don't it's this was not meant to be a diary session but or like a bash on my friend by any means no um I would be mortified if they ever heard this I don't think that they do though they're not they're not going to listen to this I wanted to put this out there so I could have a frame of reference for progress in a few months when I've dealt with this more and handled this more because it's been an ongoing struggle the last year for me knowing not only like understanding having a better understanding of the boundaries that I have for people versus the boundaries in the boundaries that people have for me, I guess, or to, I guess, to better explain it, I don't have an issue with telling people no and having my boundaries. Like, I'm not comfortable with that, or I'm not going to do that. No, I don't want to do that. I don't have the time or the space to, like, do this or, you know, and take this right now. That's not the issue for me. And I've gotten 
so much better at being able to pick out. I got, I've gotten so much better at not identifying my safeness with the person in the room. Because the problem with that job that I had was there were people, management there, that I was looking for their approval. Because, you know, mommy, daddy issues, duh. <laughs> when they weren't okay, then I I would, like, try to make things okay. And if they, they, they just weren't, then I wasn't. And I just felt on edge. And I don't do that anymore. I've gotten... I'm really proud of myself about that one, actually. So let's let's do a little applause for that one. But the the main thing is, well, I guess I, <laughs> specifically the last one was about people that I work with. But I, I think I still struggle in my personal relationships with needing to feel safe and secure without seeming like I'm in that I just need it. I guess. <sighs> And I don't, I don't know if that makes sense. Like, I don't, I don't want my friend to think that I always need them to validate me. Because I don't. But they don't know when I'm being triggered, necessarily. Unless I tell them. And I, I don't do that anymore because I, I just don't, I don't want to overwhelm them. Specifically, I, I hate the feeling of wanting to push, push someone away so they don't leave. Because if I am the one that pushes them away, then I was in control of them leaving. And it wasn't them abandoning me. That's what happened yesterday. Was I kid you not, I was looking up. I was searching how to push someone away. That's a problem. That's a fucking problem. <laughs> I'll hope you didn't hear that. My stomach was rumbling. I wasn't a fart in my stomach. I kid you. Okay, I didn't fart. I know I said last, I think it was like last episode, I, I was in my desk chair and I was doing the oracle reading and I was like, I didn't fart, it was my chair. But I, I didn't fart either this time. This That was my stomach rumbling, if you even heard it. Because I don't have my therapist for right now, it'll be maybe another week or two before I could get her. I don't really know um, how to cope with this. So... I'm, I'm, I'm doing my best with it. I've been journaling. I've been just mulling it over, but it gets to me often because I, I just, I often feel like I overburden them and I say too much mushy stuff that makes them uncomfortable. And I, I mean, that's hard. And I think that's hard to, to balance a lot of the time as well when it is a sapphic friendship when there are two um, lesbians or just women. They're like women. Well, they're not. They're <laughs> fuck. <laughs> it it gets hard to navigate when both parties like um, women. <laughs> so those friendships are, I think, at, at least for me, they've been hard to kind of to navigate because there's always been someone that likes someone else. Usually, it's not me. Um, you, usually it's not me as, and I think that also boils down to the fear of a commitment and abandonment. So, you know, we, <laughs> therapy, therapy, it's just, it's exhausting and it takes a toll on your, on your self-worth. I think a lot feeling like just not knowing where you stand with the other person. And I know that like, there's nothing bad happening on their end. 
it's like literally it's just me worrying and being uncomfortable and not necessarily feeling secure in our friendship that's all i have because i'm slowly draining of energy right now um hopefully when i edit this this all makes sense and it could help somebody i don't know i don't know i don't know um all right bye